0: The number one rising segment of homeowners in America, actually North America, because I heard this is true for Canada as well, single female homebuyers.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage Martinez Martinis. This is Danielle. Today's episode, I'm just going to kind of get right to it um, because it is such a good one and such an important one with author Liz Lenz, who recently wrote This American Ex-Wife, How I Ended My Marriage and Started My Life. And I I don't want to sound too like cryptic and everything and say that this book really resonates with me because obviously uh, I am still married and Adam and I um, are always actively working to make sure that our marriage is as strong as it can be um and i think that a lot of times it seems like we're always working on it um and that's probably because we really care and because it's really hard um but also i have thought about the other side as for those of you who have listened to, uh, you know, when is it The Last Straw, which I, we put out, I don't know, a month and a half ago, maybe, I have no idea. But I have thought about leaving my marriage, I have thought about what life would look like on the other side, more than once. Um, when we started this podcast, that was kind of the basis of it was we were sort of almost at that point. Um, and Liz Lenz did leave her marriage. Uh, about 12 years in, she divorced her husband. And I think that what she realized when she divorced him was that life can be as beautiful or more beautiful on the other side of that when we have sort of been taught opposite, right, that divorce is so terrible and single motherhood is devastating and all of these things that we have been taught are, um, are you know, bad and horrible. And I think that in the truth of her living it, she has opened up a conversation that is so incredibly important. And that is not happening nearly enough, right? There is not nearly enough talk about why the hell do we still push marriage so hard when 50% of them end in unhappiness, end in divorce. So there's all these questions that I guess people are just starting to ask, but it's taken fucking forever to get here. Um, And she's not anti-marriage. I'm not obviously anti-marriage. But also, as all institutions need, there needs to be some kind of quote unquote, reckoning for marriage, right? We need an overhaul. We need to reframe and relook at it and see what is going on. And I think so many of us already know what is going wrong, right? I mean, we know <laughs> the mental load, de- domestic labor, the inequity, the, um, you know, the burdens, the emotional overload, all of it. And we get into all of it. Her book comes out February 20th, which is tomorrow. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, It is funny and witty and a fantastic portrayal of someone who was taught her entire life that marriage was the only way and was brave enough to then find out for herself if that was the truth. So enjoy this episode. Um, Please, you know, go check her out at Liz Lenz, L-Y-Z-L-E-N-Z dot com. Um, And you can buy her book. She's fantastic. Enjoy. So I was so excited to talk to you because I have read a lot of your stuff. Um, Yes. And I first of all, our podcast, um, my husband isn't here today. He had to be somewhere else. But but sometimes it's him sometimes it's me sometimes it's both of us our audience is used to it so we have had this podcast for uh like five and a half years and um we we started it when we were going through one really awful phase of our marriage um and actually the podcast was really healing and therapeutic and everything but as life happens we recently went through another really awful phase And we, you know, we are very on. we put episodes out in real time. So when we are fighting, we are fighting in front of a lot of people. (laughs) Um, And I am very much of the facts, you know, as I've gotten older and as we've done this podcast and spoken to so many people, um, my views on marriage have really changed uh as i know yours have evolved and changed over the years but i do want you to give if you don't mind some backstory um about how you grew up and how that sort of influenced all your decisions
0: yeah um yeah so for your listeners who don't know me as well as they know you all um i grew up so i am a writer and an author and i grew up um but i wasn't born that way uh (laughs) so To make a writer, you have to go through a lot of trauma. Uh, if I was healthy, I would be an accountant. Um, but the, sorry to my parents, but I grew, I grew up one of eight children homeschooled in Texas. I am not young, you know? Um, so this was in those early days, right? I was born in the eighties. Um, this was like when homeschooling was still quasi legal and, um, and and i grew up in this real um, religiously conservative environment that said you never leave marriages for you, you you grow up you get married mm-hmm. you have children this is a good life and you never leave and it doesn't matter how miserable you are you stay Because, and maybe even if non-religious, I think listeners will resonate a little bit with this, is that like it, because like the goal of life is not your happiness, right? Your happiness is frivolous, right? There are bigger, more long-term things like the marriage, which hopefully we'll get to how I've changed because I think that that is wrong now. Um, and, uh, you know, and so I, I did like, I, I did that, right. Like I'm the type a second oldest, take care of things. I get straight A's and, uh, I went to college. Um, I, I actually married the, the man I met, uh, working at Sears. Uh, we worked at Sears together in high school and, um, and, and we got married and moved to Iowa, had two kids and and i started writing and um and, and and i quickly realized and i think a lot of couples do this where it's like you know we'll go somewhere for your work but one day it'll be my turn right and and those payoffs and as you know as, as uh, uh, my my now ex has very practical skills he's very good at what he does and You know, so me being the itinerant English major was like, yeah, we'll we'll move for you first. Not a problem. But, you know, it was just never my turn. And then we had children and I was the one giving up my work for this. And then I started to get better at writing and I started to publish more. And and our kids started to get older and I was like, now it's my turn. And it wasn't, you know, And, and that started to put this pressure on our marriage that I didn't, it's very silly, but like, you know, every, I think a lot of couples go into their marriages, especially now being like, we're not going to be like our parents, right? We're going to share. We're going to be equals. It's not going to – the weight of childcare is not going to fall on one or the other. And and my ex was like that too. I, I'm i really trying hard. I mean, obviously, he did some things that I did not like, uh, but I don't think he's a villain in this story. I think the system of our society is a villain, and that's how we get you. But, you know, through, through the course of really trying to save my marriage while also trying to have a career – you know, I realized I could have my marriage where I could be happy, but I wasn't going to get both. You know, at, at some point, you know, after begging for him to vacuum the floor or or pick the trash up off the floor or clean the bathroom over and over, you know, I had a therapist just be like, you have to, if this never happens, how are you going to feel? Right? Like, and so, you know, I went into this marriage thinking that the only reasons you break up are uh, cheating, you know, and like Charles Lindbergh level cheating, like having a second family in Germany kind of cheating, or physical abuse and 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 none of those happened, but I was so miserable. Neither of us were what the other person really wanted. And and I had been trying to shove myself in a box that I was never going to fit in, because I believe that's what a good woman did. That's what a good person did. And I was so unhappy and miserable. And I remember telling my dear friend, Anna, who makes many appearances in this book, uh, as she does in my life, because she's my over 20 year friendship. But, you know, I just remember being like, well, I guess I'm just going to be miserably married for the rest of my life. And she was like, your life is not a game of chicken. You don't have to wait to see who blinks first. She's like, you can be happy. And it's not a frivolous thing. And so after about 11 years, it was 12 years before the divorce was finalized. But I left my 11 year marriage and I'm so glad I did. And I, he's glad I did too. He's remarried, has a kid, like, you know, uh, and and to a non-writer, thank God, good for him. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, I wouldn't wish that on me either. So I, um, yeah, so my, you know, my beliefs grew and changed, but I do want to address something it's like, and I don't judge people's marriages anymore. The, the, I was so judgmental about other people's marriages when I was in one and then breaking one apart, I was like, made me really just like, let go of that. Like, yo, we are all on a journey. Yeah, (laughs) for sure.
1: And none of us has an education on how to do this.
0: And none of us knows how to be happy because the experience of being a human being is learning how to, be a human being right if we knew how to do that you know we wouldn't be lost in this life and so it's really it's really hard
1: yeah I often say that similar to you when I was growing up and I actually had pretty progressive parents for the time when I was growing up um you know growing up in the northeast and everything they were I always kind of said that they were pretty progressive but at the same time it was like I had these blinders on right Mm -hmm. it was like focus on the path ahead don't look don't peer around the corner don't see what's on the periphery you know this is your course college marriage kids you know and and that to me was i don't i never questioned it um as i think you did not either and then you get to this certain point where you're sort of like whoa what did i just do um -hmm. you know it's almost like this realization of wait a minute am i living my life or am i living the life that i have been told is the way to to do things and that it's like a huge wake-up call and then also you're in this position where you're not only thinking about divorce as well, I don't want to disappoint my parents. And I don't want to, you know, disappoint the people around me or Oh, my gosh, I don't want to deal with the shock of everybody saying, but the actual real stuff, the finances, the, you know, I'm going to be a single mom. Now, all of these things that are wrapped in it, was there a point where you were sort of like, I can't get out of this because the effects will just be too hard.
0: You know, I think we treat, I think our culture treats divorce as an easy way out. And as you're so accurately describing, it's actually really hard. I think the easier, more passive solution would have just been to kind of like burrow and go dead inside for a couple years and then see if I got happier. Um, and uh, And so, yeah, divorce is very difficult. But here's, I think that I, so I didn't come to the decision lightly and, and um, this book is not just about, you know, my personal life. It's also about the system of marriage, right? The way we practice marriage as like a tax base, um, as a political institution in America, how it is designed specifically to take you know, this like unpaid labor from women, right? We're the child care because we don't have affordable child care. We take on the burden of health care because health care is so expensive. So so that is, I mean, so putting all that into the context, you're talking about like the way the system of divorce, like not only culturally and personally, relationally, but also just legally, how it's really, really hard. And um, you know, moving out, I think was really difficult, just that physical process because we kept it from the kids for a while. So it was like it took like a month, month and a half where I was like quietly, you know, whenever they were at like preschool, just like shoving things over to the little house I rented not too far away. And uh, that was like physically and emotionally laborious. Um, Our divorce was mediated, so it was easier than a lot. But I think by that time, I was so unhappy that I was willing to do anything to change my life. Um, and I, I, and I, and I want to say the thing about like being a single mom too, where I was just like, oh, I'm going to be the single mom. It's going to be so hard. I'm so happy. It's the best thing I've ever done. Being a single mom is freaking amazing. And that's what they don't tell you. Uh, it's, because I don't, you know, we could just eat yogurt for dinner at night. Nobody cares. There's no like, there's just like, it's so great to just be myself in a way that my relationship was not letting me. And, um, but yeah, no, there wasn't a point where I was like, this is too hard. I'm going to back out. I mean, I think after 11 years, you know, if you're calling it then, then you really are unhappy. And I had tried every way sideways to save this, you know, we were in, marriage therapy I was doing lingerie of the month club uh you know I we were we were we were hitting that saving this from all angles
1: uh-huh <laughs> right you and you want to feel like you've maxed out your options yeah. when you yeah and,
0: and I hear this from women all the time like you know I don't I really don't think I'm sure there are a few people uh who who for for, for whom divorce is just some little easy thing. I don't really see it. Uh, but I think by the time most people get there, they're there. Right. And I think a lot of people, if they're like divorce curious, it's, is telling you something about your heart and your happiness. And I think it's worthwhile to to change your life in order to be happy. And if that means, I do think a lot of relationships have space, you know, for those kinds of things and those kinds of conversations. But, you know, the reason I wrote this book is I wanted to say to women, like, advocate for your happiness. And if there's no room for happiness in your marriage, then Life on the other side is actually not miserable. It's also wonderful. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I love that women are starting to step up and share these experiences. And I know that when you first started uh, writing about it, you got a lot of backlash from people saying, oh, my, you're a, a terrible person. And you, I mean, and I, trust me, I sympathize with that and empathize with that so much because i get that too from i was a stay-at-home mom for a long time and sometimes adam and i would put out episodes where i would be like i i don't want to be this anymore and everything and people would be like you're so ungrateful how here your husband is working all the time and you have the option to stay home i would do anything to stay home and but at what cost was i staying home and yeah. And Also, and also, it's so ridiculous. Like, let's think about this. So, two thousand eight, huge economic
0: collapse. All these men forced out of jobs, and I and recessions actually technically hit women harder statistically. But whatever. I remember this time because I am an old, and and all these men were like being forced out of their jobs, right? And there were articles cultural backlash like men can't just be home they'll lose their sense of purpose they'll lose their dignity it was just this, like everybody was freaking out because like oh a man if he doesn't have work he's depressed hello Mm -hmm. and like and then but like if a woman right like if you are just like hey and and also like I have been a stay at home mom, right? Like I, but it's also like, these are children who have their own lives. Like it's not fair to them for me to put, all my hopes and dreams into them because they got their own lives to live and dream. And I need to find a space to be a whole human being and a whole human being whose, whose meaning doesn't rest on them because I mean, God forbid you could be in the most happy marriage and your spouse could get hit by a car. And then what, you know, like, and, and also, but also it is not selfish to have your own hopes and dreams and desires and and business plans and and but like but we do we would never tell that to a man like if a man was like like hey i'm a stay-at-home dad i'm having a really hard time be like yeah we understand but like a woman's like oh that's so selfish it's just mm-hmm. like grow up like right. we get to have jobs too and um and and i think it makes us better people and, like, oh, be grateful. Oh, grow up. You're being the right. unpaid labor. because You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, oh, be grateful that you're, like, doing unpaid work of a housemaid and a chef and a chauffeur and a nurse and a, right. like, and, and then have no time to, like, even pick up a book or turn on a murder TV show or something.
1: Yeah, and I'm – listen uh, stay at home yep. mom is the is yep. such a hard job is hard As hard absolutely anything. yes yeah. yes absolutely and also there comes a time maybe where you change your mind you know and
0: hey we're allowed to change our minds we're allowed, allowed to, to get mind. into situations and say actually i would thought this was going to be one thing and it's a complete other thing and i don't like it and i don't want to do it it's totally cool to do that
1: But it's interesting how and this is where I want to kind of get into Mm -hmm. um, the logistical aspect of it and the intersectionality that you you speak about so, so beautifully and so well between politics and gender and sexuality and uh, and the institution of marriage. And to me, it's so interesting because when when we talk about marriage, it's almost as if we speak about it, not as this this created you know like curated thing but rather we speak about it almost as we speak about like the ocean and the mountains and you know what i mean as if it's like this just natural part of the world and existence and really it's the first thing the same as money was created and education yes. was created. But yet when we we have been so, so, you know, uh, I mean, brainwashed, I guess is the correct word to look at it as uh, no, 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 this is a an infinite, you know, never ending right. thing that we are all just going to stick with and so that is the craziest thing to me because i think those those visceral reactions of of the reviews that you got and i get and everything which Mm -hmm. by the way were mostly from women for me Mm, yeah well uh, how could you
0: well people get really defensive uh when you try to tell them there's another way and if they were really that happy, they wouldn't be so defensive, right? Because you don't get defensive if somebody comes along and is like looks at me and is like, "Oh, you're so happy being a single mom. Well, I'm happier this way." I'd be like, "One, why do you have to tell me that?" But two, good. I'm so happy that you're happy, right? Like, your competition. If, right, it's not a it's not a competition and and if it was, I wouldn't want you to lose, right? Like cuz that's awful. Totally. And um and so I yes but like when you know like we I I say this to a lot of commenters now because I have a newsletter and even if you know I still rankle feathers a little bit and I'm always like why maybe take a second and reflect why you're feeling so defensive because like you said it, marriage is a created concept. Relations are important, right? Like relationship is as old as time, right? Like love is the mountains, but marriage as a political institution is a modern invention that was built with laws, the laws of coverture, which basically took a woman, stripped her of her rights, and made her one person under her husband and that one person was the man. It wasn't until recently that women, it wasn't until like, you know, the 1960s and 70s, women could take out mortgages by themselves without a man co signing, credit cards, bank accounts. Even more recently, the 90s, marital rape, you know, was still legal in many states. And you that nothing signals this person is a piece of property. Than making it legal to rape them in a situation. And so, so, yes, like marriage is a created institution that we use to form our tax base. And it relies on the unpaid labor of women. Like, think about why childcare is so expensive and who has to sacrifice their hopes, their dreams, their patriarchs, their sanity to do that. And why does that happen? And Lord love you. I mean, I don't love capitalism, and mm-hmm. but like, it's not the company's fault, right? Because I'm so sorry, but your male partner is having no time raising for, no isn't having a hard time balancing his job and raising for children. Why is that? Why is that? Mm-hmm. And Don't tell me it's your job's fault, right? Like it's some, you are doing extra work. And I think that was something that when I was going through my divorce, I I really thought it was my fault. Well, it was my fault. I did leave. Um, But I really was just like, I can't make this work because there's something wrong. And I had tried to bootstrap it. I'd read all the self-help books. We'd gone to therapy, did everything. We were at church. I was doing, you know, it was And I couldn't do it. And then when I came out on the other side, because I'm also a journalist too, I started researching, right? And I realized, wait a minute, like most of the things that I was miserable about are like something women everywhere are experiencing. And my divorce was finalized in 2018, Couple of years later, the pandemic happened, and then we were all having that same conversation where you know women were locked in their houses doing homeschool, you know, doing healthcare, doing everything while their male partners and I hate to be gender essentialist, but I do think it's an important framework for this conversation. You know, are locked in their closets doing Zoom work while you know, not me because. I was a single mom and <laughs> guess what? I had free time. Like, you know, my ex and his his girlfriend at the time were like helping. You know what I mean? So like, and by helping I mean I literally got days to work and sleep and um and my work at the time was like through the roof cuz I was working for a local paper. But um You know, but like, yes, it's a system. And I think the system is still built on our unpaid labor. And I think we do this thing where we tell women, oh, your marriage is bad. Well, just, you know, try harder, self care date nights, whatever. And it's like, well, I don't know, maybe it's a system that's running us down and we need to think. And there are better ways to do things, right? There are better ways to be. And there are ways that we can live our lives that like encourage our happiness. And they don't have to be, you know, one man, one woman, 2.5 kids and a live, laugh, love sign on your suburban home.
1: Doesn't have to be like that, (laughs) you know? or eat in your kitchen eat
0: no. <laughs> I, I always love it when the i mean like listen these are my people like this is my mom right but i always love it when i'm like there's no sign on the wall i didn't know what to do didn't tell, <laughs> yeah, i think if it says wash your hands but it didn't tell me to wipe my butt i don't know i don't know what to do
1: Coffee. that's awesome but yeah and we, you talk about how 70 percent of marriages are and initiated by the woman.
0: 70% of divorces, yeah. I'm sorry. Initiated of, by divorces, the woman, yep. Correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, are initiated by the woman. And obviously, you know, you say it's such a great quote, but even if we go with the low 40% number for the likelihood that a marriage will fail, if 40% of Honda CRVs had engine failures, Honda would issue a recall. And yeah, here yeah. we are, it's... We say 50% of marriages end in divorce as if it's – as if we're saying, you know, like something that isn't – that shouldn't be mind-blowing. Right. Right. We're saying 50% of – yeah.
0: Well, so like my book kind of digs into the data. Is like it's actually really hard to – find out the divorce rate in America and really funny story. I'm sure your listeners will love it. But like when I was digging in, I was like, okay, there's like the mean divorce rate and then like the gross divorce rate, but the one that researchers rely on. So the reason it's hard to collect this data is not all states report it. Not all couples who and their marriages actually get divorced because it's very expensive, you know? So there's a lot of factors at play here. And it's not tracked, like some states don't really track it and report it super well, not even back to the Census Bureau. So it's this whole kind of weird, wonky system that we call the United States. And uh, but so sometimes like they'll send out surveys. But the uh, the one that researchers really find more reliable is that they call the mean divorce rate. And it's it's they read the surveys, but they only take the answers from the women (laughs) because women are more trustworthy in reporting. (laughs) on their relationship status cuz men will say they're married when they're not right like um, and so that it's literally the mean divorce rate is like just the women reporting on their divorces so what yes we don't really know but even if you go like it could the the divorce rate could be anywhere between 30 to uh 30% to 50% but again it doesn't matter because that's a high failure rate for something For an institution that was not created for our happiness. This is an institution that was created to transfer wealth, property, and be a tax base. So people are all like, oh, why am I so unhappy in my marriage? It's because it wasn't designed for you to be happy, right? So redesign your life. Mm. Do it. Change it. Break it. Why do we have allegiance to this system that was, that was built upon our inequality. Like, marriage was invented to subsume me, take away my last name, take away my rights. You know, we've changed as a society. But the inequality is still there. It's still built into it. So it's just like, why are you unhappy in your marriage? It's not because you're not, you know, making him enough dinners. It's because this is an institution that was designed to crush you. And also, like, the thing about you know, 70% of divorce mar- divorces being initiated by women. That's because at the end of the day, a bad marriage is still serving a man's needs. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, because there's, oh God, one of the statistics in the book that drives me crazy is like in long-term relationships, if a couple is fighting, women will still give oral sex to their male partners at the same rate. But if the couple's fighting, then the man stops. You know what I mean? And I was just like, what a weird little statistic. Yeah. But also, What blows my mind? Because to me, like, and the researchers and the data, and I there's a sex chapter, guys, read the book. But like, they're like, you know, the researchers were just like this, our best guess is that because women still see this, even in times of stress, that like, this is important to maintain, this pleasure is important to maintain the relationship. But men are not valuing your pleasure as part of the relationship. And I was like, oh, yeah, that tracks, <laughs>
1: that tracks with my experience. We're taught that men need sex. Yes. Yeah, and meaning. we're
0: taught that our pleasure is meaningless and nothing and frivolous or so hard to achieve that who could even try for it? It's like, it's really not that hard. Like,
1: grow up. Totally. First. You
0: can go to the moon. You can. F- okay, I'll stop. I
1: don't no, I know. Friendly. It's so true, but it's true. And I, I grew up even with women around me saying, oh, men need and. You it's yes. sort of like an obligation and it's not about pleasure and all of that. I even grew up with that. Yeah.
0: Yes. And it is. Your pleasure is important. Your joy is important. Your happiness is important. It's not frivolous. And why would you throw it onto the self-sacrificial pyre for somebody who can't even go down on you after 11 years?
1: Right. No, 100%. And sex is, is a huge part of all that. And I think that now it's beginning to at least women are beginning to speak up about it for so long they we didn't. Um, But we're still fighting for things like equal pay and reproductive rights and everything. Do you see like an overhaul of marriage actually happening?
0: Uh more and more women are opting out of marriage. And so right now I think in a lot of state legislatures and nationally, a lot of the you see this big cultural conversation about like, oh, we need we need people should just get married. Everybody's unhappy. Marriage will make you happy. It won't. Um, but the you know, so I think all of that is a reaction to two huge trends a lot of divorces coming out of the pandemic um and more and more younger women are just opting out mm. they're opting out altogether they're looking at their big sisters they're looking at their mothers um they're looking at the world they're looking at climate change reproductive rights they're looking at the fact that like we still don't have good health uh, child care in america are our public schools are being systemically defunded, right? Mm-hmm. I live in a state where that is happening. It's it's people across the political spectrum are are frustrated by this, right? And so they're looking at all that, they're like, How can I raise a child under these circumstances? How can I find happiness under these circumstances? And more and more younger women are saying, fine. I will just go do it myself. You know, the number one rising segment of homeowners in America, actually North America, because I heard this is true for Canada as well, single female homebuyers. This yeah. is one segment that's growing is because women are saying this doesn't serve me. And so, yes, I think there is hope. And also the other big uh, statistic that I feel like we really aren't talking about a lot is gray divorce. Yes, as, yes all these people who like, toughed it out, did the right thing, stayed together for the kids, blah, blah, blah. And they get to the end of their life and they're supposed to be happy and they're not. Yeah, They're like, I was promised happiness if I could make it through these miserable years. But turns out if somebody was, you know, a miserable, you know, jerk in their thirties, probably even more miserable in their seventies. And more and more people are saying, I don't want this. I want to go on a Viking River Cruise with my two best friends. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to have to worry about Frank there bitching at me because I bought a twenty dollars souvenir, and they're gone. And God bless, good for them. I hope they all get the Viking River Cruise.
1: <laughs> that, totally. As you can tell,
0: this is my specific goal for retirement too. So, um, I'm sure. That's where we're going to find them. you. Yes, I will be wearing captain's. Um, you know, <laughs> flirting with the waiters in a really inappropriate kind of a way. And so um, that's my dream. Oh, I it's would awesome. also, I would also love it if I could like be Miss Marple and solve a crime on this same thing. But you know, we'll a deal murder with that on the get express Yes! <laughs> I love it. Yeah, a murder on the Viking River cruise. But <laughs> the- um... But yeah, so th- I think things are changing, and I think we're seeing it, and things are shifting, but we are in a moment of some real cultural change and backlash, yeah. and I, I, I am hopeful that we'll figure it out. Yeah. And I, I want to be part of the solution.
1: Right. Right. And and it is interesting how, as women, we gather so well, right? We get shit done. We're the ones, we fucking do everything. And it's, and where there's so many of us who have been unhappy in our long term Mm -hmm. situations. And so maybe there will be this huge gathering of, you know, this is what needs to happen and a sort of protest in a way, as we've done for everything else that we've Mm -hmm. gotten in our society.
0: And I think like marriage, too, is like one of those places where the political hits the personal in a real way. And so, you know, one of the things that I was talking about when I was trying to go through edits with my editor and, you know, she said this thing. She was like, you know, this is this is a place where you don't actually have to pass a piece of legislation. You can just say. I am happy or I want to be happy. And here's what it's going to take for me to be happy. You can either do it or I walk, Mm. right? Like this is a place of personal protest too. And I think it's deeply revolutionary, you know, to, to, to really seek true love and true happiness by whatever means it is. But it does require women separating their identity from their relationships, right? Like, who am I if I'm not married? you're still Susan, you know, like.
1: (laughs) Right. Grow grow up. Uh, Susan with probably more sleep, less domestic labor. And yeah.
0: Well, that's the thing. That's the other statistic was that I, when I got out, I was like, wait a minute. I thought I was going to be an overworked, harried single mother, but I have more free time and my house is cleaner. And I adopted all my pets post-divorce. Like I wasn't, you know, I was like, so now I have more fur in this home. It's just one person, but somehow my house is cleaner. I have more rest. I'm working more and making more money. And I looked into it statistically single mothers, even if they are the sole caregivers for their children have more time for pleasure, more time for hobbies, more time to sleep. And do less domestic labor than their married counterparts. Yeah, it's really
1: amazing and crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right at home.
0: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: So what are you going to or already telling your kids about? marriage and choices and everything, because this is something I think about, uh, especially, you know, I have a my my oldest is 18. And um, yeah, and you know, and I have two boys who are 15 and 12. And, you know, they are surrounded by, I mean, Mm -hmm. they're surrounded also by some of my best friends now who are getting divorced and all of that stuff, you know, but mostly they are surrounded by marriage. That is what we yeah. know. That is the standard. Um, and I, I think that probably, maybe with the exception of my, my daughter, uh, my, my boys are probably like, yeah, that's just how it's going to be. Um, so what do you recommend saying to kids? What are you planning on? I'm very interested in that.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, so I've, I've gone through it with my kids. Right. And we're on the other side. Uh, it was a rough first year. They were very little, but, um, but now we're, you know, we're in a place where they're like, oh, yeah, my dad are very different. And this this is good and they're happy. Um, but here's, you know, here's what I tell them. They can quote the statistic that's in the book. How about how marrying a man adds seven hours of domestic labor to a woman's life? They can quote that one when they hear me say it. They'll be like, we know, mom, we know. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I think it starts young. I try really hard. I've seen the studies that say, you know, you know, like inherent bias towards boys doesn't make them do as many chores. So I really try hard to fight against that kind of bias in my own life. I make sure I have a daughter and a son. I try to make sure that they both are doing, I'm I'm teaching them the same things um, about life, about cleaning, about caring, about caretaking. Um, I also try really hard. It's not really hard because I love my friends, but One of the great things about my life post-divorce was it really forced me to create uh, a community around myself that was very intentional and full of different types of people. So not just like you know, married heterosexual couples, but a lot of queer friends, you know, a lot of single friends, a lot of, uh, you know, divorce friends. And then, you know, and every type of friends so that we see the different ways you can live life. You see that there are other ways to build community. My, my daughter is almost 13. She'll be 13 in a couple of weeks. And she, I have these friends who live, um, who kind of live near each other they're like young in their late 20s and it's iowa so if you people are listening they're like how'd they buy houses it's iowa nobody wants to live here it's so cheap <laughs> and uh so they all bought houses together and they call it their little gayberhood and they like you know help each other fix things it's so sweet and my my daughter's like wait you can live in a house near your best friend and like all your best friends you We're guys can hang out Yes. And, and and I'm like, yeah, you can, like, you can have a life that looks like that, right? Like you can have all these different ways and this is beautiful and normal. And so, you know, and with my son's a little different, he's a little younger, but like, you know, he sees, I think because of the split and because of the divorce, he sees my labor in a way where when I was married, it was hidden from him. It was hidden from them too because I was hiding it Uh, because my primary job was being their sole caretaker that they were never seeing me staying up late, doing all this kind of work. So they see my work now in a way and they love to be part of it. They love going to book events with me. They also, you know, see me doing like chores and household stuff, right? And like my son loves to cook with me. He loves to clean with me. my my daughter likes to joke. She's like, "I'm gonna make somebody a great husband one day, and buddy, <laughs> buddy." And she's like, and "Buddy, you're gonna be a really good wife." And my and my son, he has a little list. He's like, "Oh, thanks. That's a really he <laughs> like that's that's a compliment, actually. Wives are great. They do a lot of work, you know." And like, yeah. and so I just I and I wouldn't. I don't think I would be able to teach those lessons. I think you know, we talk about like, how do we teach our kids? You teach your kids by living the radical hard truth. So you can't send kids out into the world and be like, okay, make better choices than I did. No, make good choices for yourself mm. and, and teach kids that way. And so, you know, I, I screw up. I'm I know that one day one of my kids is going to write a memoir about how crazy I am, but like, and that's
1: fine. Good for them. I hope they
0: make a lot of money off of it.
1: You'll but be they, on a cruise somewhere anyway. I'll cruise. You won't even know.
0: Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll be like, you need me to do some press. It's fine. Uh, but the, but yeah, and so I think it's about giving them examples of different ways, letting them out into the world, showing them the big, wide, crazy world, making them a part of that life, talking to them really honestly. Like, I I've had to start talking to my daughter about dating uh, because I had this moment with my therapist and she was like, how can you expect her to make choices if you're not being honest about your choices? And I thought I was like being such a good mom by like, oh, let's hide this part from my kids because I haven't remarried. I'm not going to, God willing, if I remarry, then like I'm being kidnapped like the terrorists are holding me (laughs) send the feds in. But uh, I don't know if that's the right uh, law enforcement body, but (laughs) I don't send someone the secret service, anybody. Uh Navy SEALs. And um and, and you know, and so she's like, How can you expect her to be honest with you if you're not being honest with her? And I was like, son of a gun. Uh so is yeah, so
1: interesting because that that is all my friends were and I listen, I mm-hmm. I can't give any advice from being where I am right now, but but that is so true that it's you're supposed well, you think you're supposed to hide all of that mm-hmm. from them. Yeah.
0: But it's also like, I mean, it's not like we're getting it right. So how do we expect them to? And like, and and I, you know, one of my, uh, one of my dear friends, who's also very young, younger, she was like, and I was like telling her, I was like, I'm really stressed. Like, you know, because you got to do it in an age appropriate way. But I was like, I don't want to, like, I don't want, it just feels really uncomfortable to me. And she was like, you know. I wish my parents would have talked to me about dating in that way. She's like, I wish I could have felt safe having those conversations with them. And I was like, it blew my mind. And so I've really tried to start doing that, but I do think it's a constant process of learning, you know, of me saying like here, you know, I have, I started seeing this person or this person broke up with me because they didn't like my job. Real thing happened not too long ago, but you know, it's just like, and, uh, and she, what
1: and you and Taylor Swift, so that's
0: well, d- that yes, my daughter is like a huge Taylor Swift fan yeah. because she's you know a blonde girl in the Midwest and she has good t- taste, but she, um, uh, she was like, she literally was like, oh, uh, uh, she's like, well, they didn't like your career, you know, blah blah blah. And she's like, oh god, I bet this was like one of those guys who didn't even like Taylor Swift, <laughs> and I was like probably we didn't even that- get that far but like she's <laughs> like next time on a first date ask them if they like taylor swift and that can be such a good idea
1: and such she's like and idea. if they make
0: a face you get up and you walk out you know <laughs> and i'm like thank you for your advice you're 12 but it's good to have those conversations with her and they've gone a lot you know better than i thought uh you know cuz turns out just being a human and teaching your kids that life is about being a human is pretty great, actually. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe one of them will grow up and become a mass murderer and then we can ignore all the advice I just gave. But that's how <laughs> I'm doing it that. now. They don't I, seem like sociopaths. I don't think these
1: circumstances are how mass murderers are. <laughs> i'm gonna go with probably not
0: (laughs) let's hope not knock on wood knock 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 right there you
1: go Right. right but um i really am so grateful for women who are really telling these stories and And even look, and I know it's not about vilifying the institution of marriage. It's not about, you know, it's not about vilifying men or anything like that, but it's about creating options and the same way we want to have, you know, have all this ownership over all our other rights. Well, this Mm -hmm. is kind of very similar. And uh, and so, yeah, I think as an institution that has been. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we, we make it as if it's been around as old as time, but obviously uh-huh. not. Yeah. Then, the way we re re we re kind of look at and redesign other things. Why aren't we doing it with marriage as much? Yeah. So it does make sense, and I love the conversation.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important. That conversation is, you know, during the second wave of feminism, women got together and had these consciousness raising groups where they literally just sit in a room and be like, what's it like for you? What's it like? And they would tell the stories. And in the telling of the stories, they realized I'm not crazy. Totally. I'm not incapable. I'm not a bad mom. I'm not a bad wife. It is the system that is breaking me and they got together and they made these changes, right? Like we had a huge cultural shift then. And and I want that to happen again. I want to be part of that. And that I in my book I have these little stories from women that I kind of put in because I want people to see it's not just you right it's a system and I do say I found this this you know this series of studies that's on the census bureau website but um but it's like listen even if you believed in the institution of marriage which you can that's not what this is about like you said but even if you believed it and you wanted to strengthen it the number one thing that you can do as a society that will help close the wage gap Keep kids in school, have lower rates of domestic violence, and make relationships and marriages last longer. Liberalize divorce laws. Liberalize divorce laws. Because when women have options, they make better choices, and they're not trapped. And when women have options and feel empowered to say, like, if I'm unhappy, I can leave, then men treat them better, And that is a studied and statistical reality. And so, you know, we're in a time where women are losing more rights. And it's just like, listen, even if you don't agree politically with me, fine, okay, let's, I mean, you're my mom, right? Like, okay. (laughs) But like our goal is always the same goal, make a better society, right? Take care of kids, right? Like, and, And that, if that is your goal, liberalize divorce laws give women choices, stop taking choices away, stop shoving people into boxes. And when you stop doing that, like legally and personally, people are happier and marriages last longer and kids stay in school and we all do a lot better. So that's the, that's a conversation I want to have.
1: Wow. That is so amazing. I mean, yeah it's not as not as if we're saying wipe the slate clean and start from but just kind of like let's do a an overhaul and a redesign and see how it positively impacts all of the Mm -hmm. other facets of life yeah Yeah, it's so true
0: I always say, like, if forcing women to get married fixed society, then our society wouldn't be broken, right? Like, yeah. instead of, you know, like, I saw Oklahoma was trying to do this the other day. Instead of making divorce harder to get try, – let's try making it easier to get – and let's take some money and fund SNAP benefits and give kids free school lunches because they're hungry. And there's no reason a child in America should be hungry. We have too much money for that. And, and tr- let's try doing those things instead of the other stuff, instead of taking away our rights and trapping us into boxes. Let's try Let's just try it my way for a little bit. And I've Bet it's going to be better. Your wives will be happier. Don't you want your wives to be happy? <laughs> not always. I don't think they do.
1: Well, and I think that that's always the thing that happens at the end of a divorce when the husband just says, I just didn't know.
0: Oh, okay. All yeah. right. You want to go on my little side ramp? Talking to somebody, this is not. this is not a statistical. This is just something I observed. So if, you know, if somebody wants to be like, that's not real. Okay. But here's something I deserved. Every woman I talked to was like, we tried so hard. I was miserable for years. We did this. I did this. We were in therapy. We went to like retreats. We ha- were talking to our pastor for years, years. I was so miserable. And then finally I left. And almost without, even the most enlightened, well-intentioned men are nine times out of 10, were like, oh, I never saw it coming. What? You know, I want to be like, <laughs> I want to be like, hold the phone, let me call your ex wife, right? Like, and she'll be like, we were doing intensive therapy for 15 years, you know? And, and hey. they're always like, oh, I had no idea. It's like, no, you had, you had every, opportunity to have a clue but you refused to because it made you see some uncomfortable realities about how your happiness was based on someone else's unhappiness Mm -hmm. how your freedom to go out and do what you want and have the career you want and the life you want was based on the unfreedom of your wife and you didn't want to see that because that sucks, right? Like it sucks. I wouldn't want to see that either, but like, you know, well, you know, and so, but like, what can I do? And so, I've had, uh, you know, like you said, I've written kind of a couple viral articles about this stuff. And without fail, I'll hear from a woman who's like, oh, I sent this to my husband. And so I'll, we'll tell a happy story now, too. It's like, I actually sent this story to my husband. No no commentary, just the link in the text. It like, took him a couple days to reply. But he said, is this how you feel? And I said, yes. And then he's like, OK, how can we make you not feel
1: like that? Wow. What? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good for you. Because if you are married to somebody and you love them, you shouldn't want them to be unhappy and you should want them, you know, to be the best version of themselves, even if that makes you forced to ask some really hard questions about the way you live your life and parent like. And and I do think people want that. Right. There's a lot of dads out there who are like, hell, yeah, I want to spend more time with my kids. Like, I want to you know, I want to be more present. I just don't know how or um, so let's let's do that. Right. Let's give them that opportunity. And it has to start at home.
1: That power of refusal has to start at home. And these are the books that maybe we need to be having men read. Uh Uh-huh. I love, somebody asked me the other day,
0: they're like, the cover of my book is a wedding dress on fire. And it says this American ex-wife. And she was like, do you think men will feel uncomfortable when they see their wives reading this book? And I was like, I literally designed it for them to feel (laughs) uncomfortable. Like when we were having those marketing meetings, I was like balls to the wall. We don't hide it. We like, I like, I want everybody to feel a little uncomfortable. Good. And wh- why? Why do you feel uncomfortable? What are you worried about, Jim? You know, what's make it, what's making you feel a little sweaty, Kevin? Why? Why? When was the right. last time you vacuumed, Kevin? You know, <laughs> sorry. I know these are, men. I don't know. I don't no, know. it Out is.
1: I, try, listen, I mean. But if your
0: name is Kevin and you're listening vacuum have you vacuumed (laughs) pick up some popeyes on your way home (laughs) don't ask don't ask just do it don't ask just do it don't ask just do it that's the thing i kept saying in my marriage i was like i don't want help i can hire help i want a partner Mm. i want an equal partner i don't want to have to delegate Right. right i don't have to make you a list fucking show up with dinner the same way I do right like just just do it Popeyes is great I'm Um, hungry (laughs) clearly yeah (laughs) (laughs) I, I love fried chicken so it's always gonna be a win for me but your mileage may vary right so
1: Well, I thank you so much. You are your your enthusiasm and your energy and everything about this whole conversation and this whole topic. I mean, honestly, the the raw honesty is what we need more of and opening up the cracks of the conversation so that hopefully the whole wall will crumble. Yeah, really awesome way to help us start it all off and i hope that everybody sends this book not only to their friends but their husbands um do it on audio auto you know it's whatever it is yeah you know it's get it in the car when they're trapped and (laughs) it's also a
0: really fun read it's not really i
1: make jokes you know well well, i think anybody just in the you your blend and your balance of everything, even I think probably that's a lot of I would imagine what has gotten you through all of it too is that as much it is a it's divorce is a heavy burden and everything it is so multi layered and so multifaceted and we always jump towards the oh shit they're yeah to, you know what I mean instead mm-hmm. of the oh wow okay what's next yeah. for them. That oh, I, yeah. yeah I always
0: say like you know because you never know like yeah, there are people who are like we should say congratulations and we should but like you know everybody also has their own experience of divorce so I always say like let like, you people are like I'm getting divorced I'm like how are you feeling about that and you know they'll be like oh my god so relieved or so happy to finally just be through the the, the hard part where we're both we're now calling it we're both so much better or if they're like He's leaving me. I can't do anything about it. I'm feeling really bad. I just, I, then my next thing is I say, I so want you to build a life that makes you happy. And I am so happy that you are in a place where you can do that now. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, you know, I whatever that, that happiness looks like, that is what I want for you. And that's what I hope you can rebuild.
1: Yeah. right Right. and we have all these kids and stuff who still have that chance to do that you know Mm. if we give them the options and the choices and everything so hopefully that will be the next step for the next generation and everything yeah thank you so much thank you everyone should go and check out this american ex-wife and burning dress on the cover and everything it's fantastic thank Thank you you so much. much